0: Oh, let's go. It's the Plank Show on a Tuesday. I remain confined. My my I'm sorry. Am I not loud enough, Josh? Are we good?
1: We good? You could bring it up maybe a
0: smidge. Sorry. It's like every single network that I'm on or show that I do, everyone wants the volume at a different label, level. I apologize. Um, I continue in my Goldsby confinement. I always kind of laugh, I, you know, you watch all those older movies about the... And what uh, the one of the all-time great movies, Funny Farm with Chevy Chase, that might be on my Bad Saturday Watch list, written by Jake Cromley, is where a writer or a famous composer, they go to isolate themselves to maybe deep think a little bit and truly get into their work. I'm isolating sitting here for the last two days... Essentially, I say isolation, I'm not like just not leaving this room, but basically watching nonstop ESPN debate shows to try to prove a point to myself. And I I don't know how y'all do it. I know that we're sometimes similar to where we'll get a debate, and it'll get going back and forth, but whew, Josh, some of these shows, man, they are a hard watch. Like the the and we have it on in the studio all the time, the Skip Bayless one. Yeah, and and it's funny because whatever he's doing is work. And did you see what the the big trending topic was last night after the game? No, no, it was it was Skip Bayless basically questioning how we can call Steph Curry elite when he doesn't make a three pointer and his team wins the game.
1: Yeah, after the longest such streak in NBA history, yeah, and also exactly. possessing the second longest such streak in NBA history.
0: So I guess my point in bringing that up, Josh Helmer, is if there is any hot fire sports debate you want to get into today, I'm, I'm kind of your guy. I've been living it for the last day. Any, any topics you want to tackle? Is this a prove-it year for Aaron Rodgers? I got that one. Is Kyler Murray a franchise quarterback? If we get back to the NBA, does Steph Curry need this for his legacy? Where is the other? Is Boston done? Is Boston built to contend? I got them all. I mean, if there's any of those massive national hot takes you want to get into, just say the word, Josh. I'm your guy. I think we're
1: okay. You sure? <laughs> How was <laughs> yes. your night? What, what'd you do? It was good. It was good. Obviously, uh, took in the NBA finals and saw Golden State grab the three games to two series lead. I downloaded uh, 2B. Go ahead. <gasps> oh, you did? Yes. And I watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> you have to do that. I think
0: that, that is in the uh, expiring category. Hold on. I don't even know. I watch Tubi TV on my on my inside TV. This is supposed to be my sports TV. So I'm going to be in bad shape if I download Tubi. And in the middle of the show, we're watching Meet Wally Sparks or something like that. with are out Field. Dangerfield. So all of which is to say it was
1: a great Monday night. How was yours? Dude, it was good. I'm fired up you downloaded Tubi. Isn't it just hilarious trash? The interface of the app itself is, like, a little buggy, so I can understand why everything is free. Right. But overall, I don't think it's, it's all bad. that bad. It's not bad. It doesn't pick bad times in the movies to take their
0: commercial breaks. It's free. That, I, what I joke about the most with Tubi is just it's a horrible library. Go, go spend a few minutes, Josh, Josh, scrolling through some of their documentaries and then scrolling through what they consider the classics. And, by the way, uh, suggestion, create your own profile. So that way it always remembers where you left off with a movie. If you don't, it doesn't remember. Curse you, Tubi. We need to pick a bad movie to watch. Oh, I I don't have Tubi on my outside TV. We got to fix that right now. (laughs) Yes, get that downloaded. Lot a beer league uh, to be watched over the next few days. All right, well, forget back to Sports Guy. Welcome. We got a lot to get to on the program today. Like I mentioned with Toby, I've sent out the bat signal. I sent out the bat signal. I don't do it very often. You know, it's not like a power play or anything on my part. It's just – it's it's not a force that I like to try to take advantage of ever. But I, I sent the text to Coach Gasso. <laughs> I got the approval from Patrick, sent the text to Coach, said it's a three-hour show. Every day, we miss it. You got to come on. And I, I don't know if she's vacationing. I don't know if they got – I would assume – Based on what Twitter.com is telling me, they've been very busy in the transfer portal. But uh, I, I don't know. So my hope, I'm leaning, Josh. I'm leaning on that that friendship. I'm leaning on that connection that will get Coach on today or tomorrow. Now, the question is, with that lean, am I going to fall over or do you think I'll still be standing by the end
1: of the show? You might take the latter on this one, by the way. Well, you and everybody else associated with Oklahoma softball. Too many rings to stand up straight, right? Ah, Weighing everybody down.
0: I see what you're saying. I like it. I like it. We'll see. And then also in that, uh, I did – I want to have a deeper conversation. (laughs) That sounded like a dad talking to his kid's son. We need to have a deeper conversation about this. But I wanted to kind of drill a little bit deeper, if you will, on just the season in general. And I just finished up a piece this morning – for Boyd Street, about the greatest ever. And I know, by the way, Josh, just to give you a heads up, the door to my studio has just blown wide open, so I apologize if you start hearing a massive amount of dogs barking or, I don't know, we're actually getting a breeze, so I better take advantage Birds of Birds chirping. Can, can you hear them? There's a few out there right now. They're about ready to – it's going to be so hot today, they're going to enjoy the shade while they can. But anyway, back to the point. I think that there is a hell of a debate to be made, and if you want to make it, we can. I'm not going to sit here and ever get too carried away in these types of conversations, but I find myself in this instance getting hooked real quick. I, I don't think there's just a case to be made if this was the greatest softball team we've ever seen, Josh. I think there's a case to be made that we've seen back-to-back years of the two greatest teams in the history of college softball.
1: Whoa. 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 I love it.
0: Hold on. That's my Pat McAfee. Whoa. Oh,
1: <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> that's a right? pretty, yeah, that's a pretty oh. solid impersonation.
0: <laughs> oh my dog! Look, my dog came rolling in here when I was doing that. <laughs> Are you okay? What's going on, dad? What's going on in there? Like, that's just Pat McAfee show. Listen, you'll know what I'm talking about. But I mean, I, I again, I may be drilled into the numbers fairly shallowly uh, to be honest with you. And I read there's a really good piece where they have a roundtable discussion on ESPN.com. It's, it's free. It's not on uh, ESPN Plus. And they talk to, I think I even used the Michelle Smith quote in my story. And uh, even what I guess in Amanda Scarborough, I like Amanda, uh, not always the most pro Oklahoma Sooner on the planet. And listen, they, they always beat Texas A&M, so I can understand why she feels that way. But she was even talking about, yeah, you know, this isn't just a greatest offense. You look at the last couple of years, you think about even the unheralded players, right, the Jana Johns and what they've done. So I start thinking about that. I Again, I'm not rooted enough in history. I'm learning. I'm trying. I hear about these 90s Arizona teams, but I'm letting my recency bias get to me. Not only this team. I mean, Josh, last year's team – made it as hard as they could on themselves. They played every game possible in the women's college world series and still won the thing they did it with. And again, G warriors was a stud in the world series. Nicole may was amazing in the super regionals, but they did it with inconsistency at times, you know, from the, and, and kudos to Shannon sale for stepping up. I, I guess my point is, I don't think you can ding them too much for that in 21 because they have more home runs than any team in college softball history. I mean, it's almost as if you're looking at you're looking at these two teams, and I'm thinking, bro, we we're not only making a case, I think, for greatest ever for 22. I think there's also that conversation that sparks up after what we've seen last year as well. So, I want to get Justin McLeod on to help me better calm down maybe some of my homerism. Uh, Justin runs extra innings softball, but Josh, I mean, it's it's a whale of a debate. I think that to, to be had over the next couple of years. And again, you've got, it's real niche. Uh, This is, this is kind of knee deep and still the diehard softball fans. And hopefully for you, those of you who have found yourself drawn to the game, this is kind of drilling a little deep and some might say, Oh, it's putting too much pressure on. No, no, no. I mean, the season's over. (laughs) They're, they're good. I mean, ESPN's the one that put the pressure on whenever they put them on the cover of the magazine before the regional started. So I think with the, the pressure that these last two teams played under and that, that weight of being the best, it doesn't happen very often, Josh, where that plays out not just once but twice, and, and in so in back-to-back
1: seasons. It's incredible. Is the back-to-back repeat run, is that – undoubtedly better than anybody else in softball history we could sit there and I think both teams have a seat at the table by the way sure the 2021 and 2022 teams for greatest softball team ever we got to keep in mind this Oklahoma softball team what would the postseason run have looked like if Jordy Ball was fully healthy throughout it is Oklahoma unscathed throughout the run? They come back, they flex their muscle and win 15 to nothing over UCLA when facing elimination uh, dominate Texas in the championship series final so even even without everything being full strength, they did that. So you combine the two years and I'm just thinking, I mean, is there anything that comes close?
0: You got to really dig dig into some of those '90s Arizona teams, right? And I don't know if um, I don't know. It, there's some like, what is it, Jenny Dalton Hill? I uh, I had a chance to work with, you know, one of the the legends of college softball this past week. Um, she's an Arizona alum. You saw Arizona. I mean, there's a lot of Arizona influence in the media, but even. Even some of those former players like, yeah, it's, it, I'd like to think we'd give them a run for their money, but it'd be pretty tough. Hey, here was one thing, though, real quick before we move on past this. Uh, we, got, we got Baker news this morning, Baker Mayfield news. We've got recruiting news to get to. I wanted to talk a little bit about the soul mission today. And as I brought up, hope to hear from Coach Casso. If we don't, just McLeod likely to swing by from extra inning softball. We got a, we got a pretty busy show. But before to go but English. Before we go to break and wrap this first segment. There was one knock that I found interesting on Oklahoma's resume. You know what that knock was? No. What, what was the knock? That the path was made a little bit less thorny based on upsets that happened around college softball. In other words. You didn't beat number two in the championship series. You beat an unseeded team. You didn't have to worry about, you know, a ranked team in your second round. Uh, the only the only top five team you played, right, was, and even though when we looked at that side of the bracket, we thought it was pretty stacked. And we thought uh, Oklahoma State would have a much smoother path. But I, I didn't know if I bought into that. Because if that's going to be your case, right, you still then beat that unseeded team in two essential run rule games. If the run rule effect was in play during the women's college world series championship series, Josh, they would have won both games by run rule. Yep. That's correct. It would have been over in five yes. in five, six in the uh, second oh, so one. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm drunk. I'm drunk with sooner softball right now. But my, my, my point is, I don't know if you can truly hold that against them. The path and the unranked team, in the championship series based on how they beat them.
1: Is that fair? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting angle to take. And, I, you know, I, I actually debated this with some folks. Did it hurt Oklahoma's case that a Florida State got bounced out early, Virginia Tech, Arkansas? Those would be probably right. the three primary teams you're looking at. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see where it would – potentially be more impressive just nationally to the casual observer if Oklahoma thumped Florida State in the Mm -hmm. championship series, Florida State being a program that recently won a national championship. The bottom line, though, working in Oklahoma's favor, I think, is this. Ultimately, the way the Women's College World Series, just the tournament as a whole, Mm -hmm. the way the entirety of it played out, but particularly the Women's College World Series – The strength of Oklahoma's Big 12 schedule looked so much better once it was all said and done. We knew that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, all very good programs, but for those three to all be right there in the semifinals, and obviously for Oklahoma to topple Texas in the fashion that they did in the championship series, and to have avenged every single loss that you had in the season, to me, that's a... That's a great case to be made. I don't know that it's a greater case again than having, you know, say, laid ways to either Florida State or Virginia Tech, but it's a very, very impressive case.
0: If you guys want to jump in on it, please feel free to do so. I spent way too much time on this yesterday. I really did. i was I was writing this article for for Boyd Street, and I just I, I started really crunching the numbers and going back through the game notes, and you realize, just how incredible what we witnessed in 2022 and then in 2021 truly was. I think they've staked the claim, man. I absolutely do. When they talk about the greatest teams of all time. Now, listen, we can have a deeper debate about sports. But when they talk about one of the greatest teams of all time in college softball, yeah. But 2022 is over-the-top grip, Lincoln Hawk style. But I think Josh put it best. 21 does have a seat at the table. All right, quick break. Somewhat on the clock to start this show? I feel like we did a better job of that yesterday. How'd you feel? We are making big strides, baby. <laughs> All right. So when we come back, let's talk about the latest Baker news. And while a new suitor emerged yesterday, the often heard landing spot has started to chirp again. We'll get into it next here on the Plank Show. All right. Welcome back into the Plank Show. Hour one is always brought to you by Van Hoos Finch. You can learn more about... The Grey crew at Van Hoose Fence by going to VHFence.com or simply picking up the phone and calling Marco Tessa at 405-735-1167. Were you into the game last night? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was kind of all in last
1: night. I really was. I thought it was fun. Wiggins, man, has been so good for them the last two games. I heard something this morning, and I forgot where it
0: was. Well, let me rephrase that. I heard something this morning. I wanted to play it for you, and I forgot where it was, but I remember who it was. And it was Brian Windhorse, who, as I've said many times, I'm a big fan of. And he said something along the lines of the Warriors, hey, Andrew Wiggins isn't truly a Cinderella story. He's a guy that makes $35 million a year. He should be doing this. This isn't about the grit and grind of Andrew Wiggins. This is a checkbook win for the Golden State Warriors. I thought that was a very trollish take, by the way, immediately after a game. But I, I don't think you have to give a guy's salary to not root a, think he's an underdog story. I mean, Baker Mayfield's been an underdog quarterback his whole life, and he went to the Elite 11 camp, right? I'm sure I'm going to get yelled at because I got the wrong camp. But he was a Ballyhood recruit. I, I mean, you can, you can build a story beyond just
1: dollar figures, can't you, with Wiggins? Yeah, I think so. Sure. I mean, look, here he is on the game's biggest stage. Right. Delivering for a team that each of these past two games needed Wiggins to go grab double-figure rebounds. So, Mm. is he – has he been the player that many maybe hoped that he would be when he was – taken by the Cavs Mm -hmm. no he hasn't but he's turned himself into a very very good professional basketball player and a key piece on what looks like it's maybe going to turn into another championship Golden State team
0: I don't know I don't know what it is man but every time I watch Andrew Wiggins I can't help thinking of the fact that he and Joel Embiid were on the same college team and they didn't win a national championship is that terrible of me is that a troll job by me? Remember, you don't have to point it out, Josh. I know Joel Embiid got hurt. I understand it. Stand up for your Jayhawk fans. But, yeah, fun game last night. I got a kick out of it. We got highlights coming up later on in the show in the Newcastle Top 5 Stories of the Day. And the Thunder do make a move. I, some people, I'll get a handful of blowback for the lack of Thunder talk that I have. But, listen, man, there's too much going on in the Sooner Nation right now. There's a time and it's coming up in a week where we start diving into the NBA draft. But for now, it's OU Baseball off to Omaha. It's uh, OU Recruiting. And by God, it's Baker Mayfield. Did you see the latest this morning?
1: On Baker Mayfield or in Correct. Oklahoma City?
0: Uh, well, I'm, like I said, I'm not apologizing for the lack of OKC talk. So let's keep this on Baker. What is the latest for Mr. Mayfield? apparently the Panthers aren't done in their pursuit of Baker Mayfield. And which by the way, it really fires me up. I mean, it's, it's obviously there's some smart people in Carolina right now because I think they see what we all see. And there might be another move coming as part of this, but according to reports, the, the talks have heated up and, uh, Despite drafting Matt Corral, despite not moving on from Sam Darnold, Josh, it looks like Carolina could be an opportunity for Bake coming up sooner rather than later because they want to get him in camp for, for basically
1: the training camp. What kind of a fit do you think that is for Baker Mayfield? I think it'll be pretty good. You know, you got Christian McCaffrey. Well,
0: could you imagine that college team? Baker Mayfield is your quarterback. Christian McCaffrey is your running back. Not, not, for, not too bad at all. Not too shabby uh, if we're playing a college video game, but they've got a few playmakers. I mean, am I falling into a trap where I think it's a good fit because it's the only fit right now? Probably, probably. But I mean, I think uh, you want. Can I go in depth on the Panthers here, real quick? I'd love it. Yeah, okay. I don't. I, I always, you know, I, I try to stay. I try to stay in the lanes of not getting too carried away with NFL talk. So here's the take on the on the Panthers. This is this is well researched. I spent too much time on this crap, and actually, uh, I just heard it talked about in the uh, in the podcast, the Three and Out podcast. But the point was this: Why would Carolina bring in Baker Mayfield when it's obvious they don't want to win games? They want to be in a position to get a star quarterback. Now, we might say you get Baker, you've got a star quarterback. I have this feeling that that's not how Carolina feels about it, though they're not giving up on this pursuit. But Carolina can't tank because Matt Rule is fighting for his job. So what do you do? If you're you're Matt Rule, is it, do you go out and, you know, take that risk on starting a corral early because maybe you could, you could kind of cool more favor with the owner if it's shown that, in this rookie quarterback, he's he's comfortable and he's developing under you? Or do you look at it and say, yeah, bro, Matt Crowley ain't going to help us this year. Let's go get the best option we possibly can. And if we happen to back into something here, let's go. I mean, this dude was the number one pick in the draft four years ago. So, I I mean, it's fascinating to think about how there could be two conflicting mindsets there and what would work to help Matt Rule keep his job. Because that's a billionaire, solo owner, not a billionaire uh, in in the the franchise. No, it's one dude, one dude. And I just get the sense that they're kind of torn about going and getting a guy and let's be aggressive, let's go win some games. And, well, let's see what we got in this youngster because if he's bad, then we're going to end up having a top five, top three pick in a season, Josh, where it looks like the quarterback market is pretty heavy in the 23 draft.
1: Does it? come down to how the organization ultimately feels about Matt Rule. Ding, ding, ding. If they think that – if they still truly believe that he can be the guy to be a great head coach for them now and into the future, then you go get your head coach what he wants. But if you've basically already punted on that idea, then you're not going to go get an older, experienced quarterback – and take yourself out of position to do exactly what you mentioned, which is try and position your position yourself for one of the best quarterbacks in this upcoming draft. Hmm. So, with all that said, I don't know if I'm falling into a
0: situation, Josh, where it's I hope Baker lands there for all the right reasons because it's a good fit. I, I want to. I don't know if that's what I'm feeling or if I'm just happy to see his name being associated with a place where I think he can go play and i like watching baker mayfield play.
1: Right, we we want to see baker mayfield have a chance to start in the national football league. And who knows? I mean, if he wanted to, that place could be Cleveland, but kind of get the indication that he just is going to say absolutely no thanks.
0: The numbers continue to be very interesting in following some Vegas stuff and how they feel about where how they feel about where the Deshaun Watson suspension might be. Their odds drop from, I think it was plus 200 to plus 270 to win their division. It's just, it's, there's, some, there's some maybe signals, and I don't know if Vegas knows something, but there's maybe some signals, Josh, that a suspension is coming and it's going to be pretty in-depth, so you might be on to it. This might end up being a, a Cleveland Brown gravel fest in order to see if they can get Baker to come back. But if you can make the move, you gotta make the move, right? You've already, as a franchise, moved on. If Carolina is willing to take on some of that salary, which to me is the only reason he's not on a roster right now, I think you gotta be willing to do it.
1: I think you gotta make that move. If they take on some of the salary and the compensation's okay. And what what would the compensation God. need to be for Cleveland to feel free to ultimately deal Baker Mayfield? It's a great question. Third round pick? Oh, I don't think he's, I don't think he's getting anything better than a fifth. Yeah, well, I, I know, but what do you think they're
0: thinking? Oh, I see what you're saying. I, I think if, if they can get the salary right, they would take less. And I think that's what – I mean, I'm not breaking any news here. It's not like, oh. But I, I think that if you can, if you can talk well, – you know what? Cleveland might have to give up a pick, too. Like This might be a situation where Carolina says, all right, we'll eat eight. You eat eight. We'll send you a a fifth. We want a sixth in return. And you might be like, well, you're taking on half that salary. Where basically, if you didn't, you would risk that they would cut him and eat it, and then you're not able to get the guy you want. Oh, it took me a while to figure that one out. It's a Plank show with Josh and Plank. Shocking, something I couldn't figure out. But I was always blown away whenever I would see a guy that's getting ready to get cut suddenly get traded. I think the Raiders did that with Matt Flynn. It's like, wait, why would anyone trade for him? He's getting cut. But there's a waiver priority, and not every player has that opportunity to pick wherever he wants to go. So you just you can't risk that. Or Or they might have the option to go somewhere other than you. So you gotta go ahead and make that move now to get your guy. And maybe that's where maybe that's where Carolina is. Do you how about you? Do you think Baker works in Carolina? Long
1: term, I'm not crazy about the fit. Short term, I don't think it's the worst thing. If it's if it's just for right here, right now this mm-hmm. season, and he gets the opportunity to go show A, I'm healthy again. And B. Oh, by the way, I am a bona fide serviceable starting, you know, upper half quarterback in the National Football League. Then I don't think it's all that bad. But in terms of a long term fit, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little less excited from that standpoint. Can, can we? we do a break. Can we continue with
0: this? Are you guys cool talking a little Baker next segment? Let me know uh, thoughts on the Carolina rumors this morning ramping up. Let's go on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. Take your calls to 405-329-9000. Good fit for Baker. um, A place where you think he can succeed. And one storyline to this that I don't think many people have brought up, but is a fascinating angle to not just the short term, but the long-term future of Baker in the NFL. It's Plank Show. Dude, I don't know if I want to watch this. As we speak, there is a man who has climbed up the side of the Devon Tower and is now right next to the top level and is negotiating with police and fire, and he's going to continue to climb up, it looks like.
1: Yeah, he's going to keep going. Dude, I can't watch this. It has been hard to watch, yes. Uh, is there anything up there? What's he,
0: what's he climbing to? There's nothing up there. Where's he going? I, I have no idea. This is not, I'm not falling for a, oh gosh, I just saw a reflection in the mirror um, of of one of the office building windows, and I thought he had tumbled. You almost got a bomb on the air, Josh. How, okay, I was just in the Devon Energy Tower last week. I'd never been in there before, in the upper, I just almost said upper deck. You know, that's what they call massive buildings, the upper deck. Um, I got a little queasy just being up that high. No kidding. I can't even imagine what this guy is doing right now. Is he gonna slide off on that side? That's gotta be. It's nice out, but that's gotta be hot, right? Yeah. I mean, you would imagine, dude. I don't know if I can do this. And I. But then again, I don't know if we can get back to sports right now. I mean, this is.
1: I mean, what's what's the end game here? I guess just to get to the top.
0: I remember in 2011, I was in the uh, Clear Channel studios. It was Clear Channel at the time, and I think it was Clear Channel at the time. And we had a dude that climbed up our our radio tower in front of the building. And dude, what is he doing? This dude, I just want to make this very clear. It's a much steeper climb than what you had on the radio tower. I mean, what is he? Is he coming down? It, I'm not comfortable I don't know. with this right now.
1: I want to know how he came up with the idea. Okay, he's coming He's coming down. Oh, is he? Looks like it. Is he going to climb all the way back down? I may be a little bit ahead of you. I
0: think he climbs back up, and he's standing on the ledge. Oh, I don't know if I can take this pullout shot. If you're just tuning in, the Plank Show, uh, Josh and I are following live coverage of a man. Uh, oh, gosh, now he's going down a ledge. A man who has climbed up the Devon Tower, up one of the sides. I don't have one of the news channels with me uh, on on Twitter with updates on this yet. It looks like he's trying to get into one of the side windows, but he's climbing down. So I hope that's a good sign. Do you? Re- How tired does that dude have to be right now? So
1: tired. And like you said, it's... Not middle of the day hot, but man, it cannot be cool up there on the side of the building. Let's see what information we
0: have. Um a person started to climb up the Devon Tower in Oklahoma City. Police confirm the climber began the ascent just before 9 a.m. He got that far just before 9 a.m. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I'm not trying to make light of this, but that's incredible. Um The climber has been identified as 22-year-old Mason Deschamps. The identity of the climber, though, has not been confirmed by police. So there was a press release sent out to Channel 9 that claimed this was the guy. So I don't know if this was a planned thing with an organization, if this was just – I don't like how he's leaning on the side of that building right now. Dude. This is this is not a good watch. This is not a good watch right now, dude. I'm not even kidding. This guy is holding on to one of the top bars. There's there's four bars around the window. And he is how many floors up is that? I just saw it. It's the 62nd tallest building in the world. Oh, he's up at the top of the tower. For goodness sakes. Just get off of there, man, and Dude. come get arrested already. He keeps kind of, oh gosh, now he's climbing around to the front of it. This is every so often he'll climb down a few panes. Like right now, he's climbing down a pane. Does he have something that's a grip on his hand, Josh? Can you tell? There has to be, right? I think he has chalk, maybe. Oh, so, this is, this is playing out as we're trying to get into a conversation about Baker Mayfield. He has walked down now to the area where the police are stationed with fire, and I think there's a couple of hostage negotiators there, too. I mean, what? Given the remote nature, I was. He's walking towards okay, them now. They, they got him now. He's walking towards them. Looks like he's, he's off the tower, he is in being a good way. detained. Oh, dude, that was a roller coaster, man. I don't know if they, he was just going up to them, right? They didn't pull him off. No, no. Okay.
1: All right. Holy smokes, dude. Yeah, you're watching that. You're just waiting for him to lose his grip and it's scary. So this guy says this guy does this
0: all over the world. Is that right? By the way, I like to do like, <laughs> not again, anytime soon. I don't think, he's just, he's, but listen, we're on a delay guys. You're catching us a little bit later, right? Whenever there's a six second delay for fourteen hundred ninety nine point three, I think there's like a two and a half delay day, a uh, two and a half day delay for the iHeart app. Oof. All right. I feel a little bit better now. I watching that dude climb up the side. If he does it all over the world, help me out. I'm not trying to be a smart house. Uh, smart hellock to the 405. They call him the French Spider-Man? Really? I, you're going to do this to me in the state I'm in
1: as a, as a prank? Oh, come on. There's got to be a political purpose behind it, right? Yeah, I think there's been some speculation on what maybe that is. Huh. Help me out. This is good. Uh, come on, Plank. Have you never
0: watched Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible? He does it all the time. That's a good point. No big deal. I'm not going to lie, OU Architect. Um, I, I do get a little queasy every time in Mission Impossible. It's like, no, no, he's not going to make that jump. I'm that fan. All right. Everyone's good? Are we, are we all calm now? This is a conversation I'm having with myself. French Spider-Man. Okay, I got to... There's got to be something more to it than just, I woke up this morning and I wanted to climb the Devon Tower. I mean, there has to be.
1: <laughs> I can't believe he actually made it. Amazing. Okay, so French Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. But that's not who they claimed it was in the press release, right? Um, uh, I don't
1: I, – I, who's the French Spider-Man? Yeah, so I don't the, know.
0: The French – oh, wait, hold on. Who is the French Spider-Man? Uh, no, no, that's the actor. All right. Well, great. I, I, don't, I, I, I hope that he's arrested for giving me a heart attack. They, this press release claims, though, it's a different dude. But I have no reason to doubt. I have no reason to doubt my insiders on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Someone asked, did he get about 45 stories up? Nope. My man climbed all the way to the top. And safely was detained quick break we're back to baker talk next have you have you looked any deeper into it is there anything more that's caught your eye
1: on it the pro-life spider-man what
0: the question has to be asked then right well you, you kind of won here I mean,
1: why oklahoma
0: i i don't is this just furthering, spiking the ball on everyone? I mean, you, you've won. I don't know why you feel like you needed to come here to protest. Does it make national news better, right? By God?
1: Probably, yeah. I, I, I guess this guy's climbed a bunch of different places. One pro-life. month ago in San Francisco. So it isn't the
0: French Spider-Man. His na- He's a pro-life Spider-Man. He's a 22-year-old kid. Mason Deschamps.
1: Dang, man.
0: I won't lie. I mean, there's part of me that's kind of impressed with what he was able to do.
1: Said he learned to climb on YouTube from listening to one of his other videos. Really?
0: I, I won't lie. I'm, I'm sitting here today thankful that the man is safe because it was gut-wrenching to watch him climb. But kind of in awe that he was able to stand up after climbing up the side of the entire Devon Energy building. Devin energy tower. Holy smokes. Um, Off the air comfort solutions. I'm getting a lot of grief for my, uh, uh, for my paranoia and panic on that, by the way, hey, you sit here and try to watch it while you're live on the air. No kidding. I (laughs) try to segue into another topic. We
1: don't know what's going to happen. We don't know that this is the day that he doesn't slip. Off of the uh, Air Comfort Solutions
0: text line, this is pretty good. Just Baker getting away from the mistake by the lake is a W. Do you agree with that? For Baker, yeah. Carolina Panthers, team doctors from Bartlesville. Let's go. Went to TU. Wait, hold on. I'm at that age now where a team doctor for a team might be in my age group.
1: You might have graduated right. together. I'm yeah. sitting
0: here, I'm like, a, a TU grad That that is the Carolina Team Doctor. I mean, you think about team doctors, they're probably around my age. Huh? Gotta be worried here. Uh, a couple more here off the uh air comfort solutions text line 405-651-3439. I like this from the 918 Johnny. Johnny H. Don't be surprised. If the New York giants are where Baker ends up. I've often said Johnny H that one of my preferred destinations for Baker would be the giants. Why? Well, first of all, they're not all in on, I almost said Burt Jones on Daniel Jones. They've, they're not going to give him a fifth year. They didn't tender him a fifth year option. All right. Pick up his tender fifth year option. Excuse me get my contractual terms when I try to sound smart mixed up. But I've always loved the Giants as a potential landing spot. I think that uh, Brian Dable's done a really nice job with quarterbacks in the past. I I think that – I think it'd be a good fit for him. I think he'd be embraced in New York. Now, I know that, again, that's another one of those teams that you have to balance. If you bring in Baker Mayfield and he ends up starting, you're going to back into some wins. And you might put yourself in a position where you can't get a CJ Stroud and you can't draft a Bryce Young or whomever else. I like the Kentucky kid quite a bit, though. Every time I talk about liking the Kentucky kid, my buddy at Mad Dog Radio, uh, Aaron York, who's a Penn State guy, says he's trash. I'm like, okay. And he seems very adamant about it. But that's the challenge right now. Um, is that a rep for Tennessee baseball, climbing the Devin Tower? Uh all right, a lot of stuff in here on the conversation about greatest of all time for Oklahoma Sooner Softball. But I do agree with Kendall. we got to start getting ready for Texas A&M. we got start times. We've got potential starters. We've got matchups to get into. Uh, I have reached out to my man Eric Hollier from Oklahoma to see about getting uh, Kenny Pettis or maybe Clay Van Horn or Clay Van Hook on the show to, this week. I don't know what bug coach. But we'll be all in, man. Don't worry. I'll, I'll reach out to my guy, Tyler Pig, who's been all over OU, or Texas A&M baseball. How fitting is it, too, Josh, that OU and A&M play each other in the same year in the postseason? OU and A&M did it in college softball. OU, A&M, in baseball. I, I haven't dug deep enough into the golf, or excuse me, the tennis. Maybe there was an A&M matchup in there somewhere, too. But I'm pumped for Saturday. I'm pumped for this weekend. I'm pumped for Thursday. And we got, uh, we got start times last night, so we'll be able to go through the whole schedule when we come back. Hour one of the books brought to you by Fence VHFence.com. That's VHFence.com. Looks like Justin McLeod is in for the bottom of next hour. Let's get after it. It's Plank Show right here on The Ref.